Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Welcome to another episode of Life's Third Act. Uh, This week, we're going to have back a guest that has been very popular in the past. You know, it seems that any time that there is some new crisis or some public health issue, anything that that draws a lot of attention seems to be a fertile opportunity for people to do scams and, and other sorts of exploitation, especially of people who are older. Right. So maybe that's one reason that our guest today has been so popular with you, our viewers, and the reason we've had this guest back three times, at least, maybe four, probably four times. And uh, I'll let you do the proper introduction, and then we'll plunge forward. But, but today's show, I think you'll find very useful to you in a very practical way. Yes, today we have Don O'Brien back with us. He's an investigator with the St. Louis Better Business Bureau. Welcome back, Don. And we're talking about summer, spring and summer scams, uh, particularly targeting senior citizens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to kind of dovetail a little bit off what Joe had to say there at the beginning, Joe, is that, uh, and thanks, by the way, thanks for having me. I love coming on with you guys. I love talking things over with you. And obviously, scammers are always going to hit in whatever's going on in the heat of the moment. Whatever the news of the day is, scammers are going to take advantage of, and seniors are going to be particularly vulnerable. Seniors have more money than the 22-year-old kid just graduating from a zoo this week. Um, They are going to have money. And um, obviously, right now, uh, there are a couple big things in the news. One that you may think of seniors getting scammed out of some money. The other one, maybe not so much. Uh, the one, the one that kind of might be off the beaten path is the whole baby formula thing. Right. Uh, baby formula crisis right now. Uh, obviously, senior citizens aren't out there actively looking for baby formula because, you know, that's that that part of their life is over. Lots However, of grandmas. Make, well, grandmas exactly. and grandpas. Right. Go ahead. Exactly. Grandma and grandpa trying to help their child uh, or even their grandchild. If they're a great grandfather, great grandparent, there's many great grandparents out there might be trying to, you know, scour the Internet or look for things and see something pop up on their social media, their Facebook. And that's what we're hearing right about right now. So. Uh, is the social media, basically the Facebook aspect of this scam, is that, uh, you know, every little town has its buy-sell trade group. Uh, no matter the community that you live in in St. Louis, there's got to be something around there that says, oh, hey, if you live in Chesterfield, Wentzville, uh, you know, Jefferson County, wherever, Festus, wherever it might be, every little group has their own little buy-sell trade group. And what, we're, what we've seen in real life here with the St. Louis BBB is that uh, people are talking about uh, – People who infiltrate those groups saying, hell, I've got this baby formula. They show photos of the baby formula on their Facebook post and say, hey, I'll send this to you. I'll, sh- I'll, e- I'll mail it to you in the U.S. mail. Just send me some money and they'll ask for that money electronically. What happens is the person will purport they're from another area of the country, say, well, the one we had with a report over there, supposedly from Tennessee. And they said, hey, I can send you this formula if you just send me the money. And the person said, oh, okay, that sounds good. Sent the money, waited 10 or 12 days, nothing ever came. Wow. Because, yeah, they sent that. It's so, it's so easy to share money now with people that um, 
you know, it's it's easier for people to be scammed. And I, I, don't, I don't exactly know how old that person was, but it's still for senior citizens out there who may be trying to help your younger family members or friends. Be careful out there, especially in your in those Facebook groups. If you're going to do something like that on Facebook, what we consider what we uh, prefer people do at the BBB is actually meet face to face. So that way, if you have the baby formula, I have the money, you exchange, and then that you can have yeah. uh, both sides. Satisfied. So there's a general lesson here too. These so-called trade groups, where where people seem to have there's some level of trust in mm-hmm. these groups, and it's mainly on Facebook. It seems. Yes. Um, it, it, I would think that there would be other people regarding other products or services that would sort of make their way into these groups and be able to pull off the same thing. Without a doubt. There's no vetting of anybody. I mean, what we see is the, the Facebook group that was infiltrated here by somebody from the outside was a public Facebook group. Anybody in the world could go look at that, that community's buy, sell, trade, and they could post things on there. Now, some others of those are done the way that they probably should be is they're, they're private groups. You have to answer a question about that community. Like, you know, what's the nickname of the whatever town you are is sports teams or, you know, something that lets people know that, Hey, you know, it actually takes you some effort to be a member of that group. You need to know something about that community. So if you're in a public group, just be aware that anybody in the world can post publicly to that page. Don, you know what? It, it seems like Seniors are more trusting because they grew up in a time when agreements were made, business transactions with a handshake, mm-hmm. you know, documents weren't signed. And and do you think that's also why seniors are targeted more because of that mentality? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I just I spoke to a senior group uh, not too long ago and, uh, you know, I, I was telling talking about scams with them. And uh, I was actually doing some work on an updated uh, uh, study that we're going to have come out here pretty soon. I was talking with somebody from the FTC uh, and that person, I'm sorry, not the FTC. It was, he was with the Social Security Administration. Social Security is a big scam uh, topic for especially seniors. You might get calls saying, hey, your, your Social Security number has been compromised. It's been used in some type of uh, uh, criminal activity in Texas and you need to pay us money to, to because of uh, you have a bond out or something like that. And this uh, gentleman from the Senior Security Administration who handles this stuff all the time, he says, look, we really have to have a defensive mindset. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but whether it's you have to have a defensive mindset for any time somebody calls you, anytime you get an email or, or uh, a regular piece of mail uh, that's purporting you with some kind of great offer, uh, even if you're walking out in the parking lot at the, you know, your, your schnucks and you're walking out to your car, you want to make sure that nobody's around so you can get them into your car safely. You know, those types of things can really help. So uh, you have to have a healthy dose of skepticism, unfortunately, to get by in the world today. I agree with that. And, you know, there are, <laughs> I can see how in many ways, though, it is the perfect storm for our, our audience who is older. And, and in addition to the reasons we just mentioned, though, I don't think we should fail to mention that uh, not by any means are all of us more vulnerable in terms of our judgment, but that people generally know that as people age, there often is some deterioration and often more in, in some to the extent that they are vulnerable to being exploited. So I think that that definitely is a factor of what's right. going on here is that some people are just not quite as sharp, quite frankly, as they were mm-hmm you know, 20, 30 years ago. 
Um, So let's talk about other things that have come up. Something related, I've heard about events occurring because of this change in weather, and we've had storms, and so that always brings out contractors and other things. I mean, St. Louis area in particular has had some some pretty severe Mm -hmm. storms this year. Uh, and I know that that uh, people have had trouble getting their electricity restored. Uh, they've had roof damage and all those things you normally think down of. tree limbs, down trees. Yeah, yes. So, so talk a little bit about what to watch out for relating to that. Yeah, those types of things, Joe, are going to bring out your no more nomadic uh, contractors, uh, men and women who go from they they go from storm area to storm area across the country, and they will go door to door. So. Uh, how can you protect yourselves against these people who may or may not be above board? Um, The first thing you need to do, um, no matter where you live, know your solicitation laws for the area for which you live. Uh, You know, some places will have uh, a rule. uh, Some cities, municipalities will say, hey, in order to solicit in our town, you need to come to City Hall. We need to give you a badge and you need to pay us a fee in order to go door to door for houses there. If that's the case, uh, then when somebody comes knocking on your door, and this isn't for like the the neighborhood boy or girl trying to sell pizzas for their soccer team, right. or the Girl Scout cookies. These are for people who are actually soliciting real business. Um, you know, well, if you get scammed on the cookies, that's probably not. Well, probably yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to try to sell. You know, the first thing you need to do when when anybody comes to your door and, and you want to uh, you want to talk to them for a solicitation, uh, get as much info as you can. If you're in a community that has a solicitation uh, permit rule, say, hey, can I see your solicitor's permit? Because in in our community, you need to have that in order to operate. If they do not have one. Uh, you can obviously call local law enforcement, call their not hotline number uh, and just say, hey, we've got somebody in our neighborhood here who's going door to door and doesn't have a permit. And then what they'll basically do is with law enforcement, if they have the time, they'll basically come and just shush them away from from there and maybe inform them what the laws are in that community. So well, that's number one. But but and let me do. also mention, though, on that topic, though, that that a lot of homeowners associations, you know, will privately you know, agree that within that development that there yep. are to be no no sales of that sort. Right, no and solicitors. Yep. So really, and in that case, if you see anybody going around, you don't have to ask if they have a permit. You can still mm-hmm. have them asked to leave. I don't know if the, I guess the, the cops intervene when you have that sort of rule. Yeah, in they'll come out. It's not, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've seen yep. that happen in my neighborhood, actually. Yep. Okay. Yep. They'll, yeah, they'll shush them away or, you know, just inform them, say, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna solicit business in our city or our municipality, you need to do this. So, uh, and uh, again, when you have that person there, take don't don't be shy. Take a photo of their truck uh, if they have a truck or their van, or you know, ask for any kind of identifying information that you can. So that way, you know, maybe it's not you that gets scammed. But what if it's your neighbor who may, you know, if you have an elderly neighbor, you know, you can take that information. And if you see that person stopping at his or her house for a long time, you can say, hey, what's going on with uh, what's going on with that? Did you engage that person? And, uh, you know, obviously with any of these contractors, you really want to do your research before you, uh, you know, whether it's a storm situation or not, you want to do research on that business. Obviously, BBB.org our Better Business Bureau website's a great resource uh, for to find out information about contractors, uh, you know, your roofers or whatever it might be. You'd have to have uh, fence people, whatever it might be that needs to be repaired after a storm. And, and another point, though, that, that I think that would help a lot everyone is to be sure and report these people among the other 
things or entities that you mentioned would be also to BBB. I mean, you rely mm-hmm. on getting reports from people yes. who've had bad experiences or even good experiences. And to the extent that you have a better database, that's helpful to everybody. And I think there are, thankfully, you do get a lot of reports, but but I would like for those who don't report to BBB to keep in mind that, that that's a you know, that's wonderfully helpful to everybody in your community. It is, it is. And Joe, you make a great point there in that, uh, you know, whether it's a scam attempt or whether it's, you know, you actually paid somebody and they didn't do, they did a subpar work or they didn't finish your job. Um, you know, it's really always underreported. We, we figure that for the complaints we get for businesses here, we probably get maybe 10 to 15% of the actual uh, complaint activity that's out there about that business. For scams, it's much lower. I know that we've talked on here on your show before about romance scams and things of that nature. We may be here between us and the FTC and the FBI. Uh, you know, we may be here between two to five percent, maybe of of all of people who actually lose money in those things. Because again, as we talked in the past, those can be really uh, embarrassing when you've when you've lost money in those types of things. So yes, it is important to report so that way uh, you know we can let. Not that we're going to say, oh hey. Uh, here's so-and-so, they lost $75,000 in a romance scam. We're not going to put your name out there, but that way it, that way, the authorities know about it and, and they can try to react to it once these things get reported. Right. Don, you know, I know several years ago, it was after a very severe storm and, and the storm ended, it was not even five minutes, 10 minutes, and a storm chaser is at my door. Huh. Guy claims he's from a roofing company and wanted to get up on my roof and to see if I we had any damage. And of course, I told him, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of, you know, I, I can only imagine how many senior citizens, an 80-year-old widow, where this would happen, you know, someone coming to the door, scaring them, saying, oh, your roof could have some major damage. How often do you hear stories like that from senior citizens? Do you get those type of reports? You know, we do. We do get those types of reports. And, and, and most, most of the time it is in that scenario that you're talking about after a weather event has occurred. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, we need to remember is that, uh, uh, you know, when somebody comes to your door, there's no obligation for you to answer the door. There's no obligation for you to let them into your residence for sure. There's no, you're under no obligation to let them go up on your roof. And that's that instance, Jill, and to, to look at your, look at your damage. You know, now they have, uh, these roofers have uh, toys, if you will. They could have these drones that can go up and supposedly see the, see your roof without them having to get on top of it. Uh, just be wary of letting anybody around your property like that, unless you know them, vet them first, say, Hey, can I have your business card? I want to do a little bit of information and find out about you first and then maybe set up an actual appointment with them the following day if they're a business you want to have uh, on your property. Wait a minute. They really do have drones or is that just part? Really? Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even know that. (laughs) And often, though, fleshing out this scenario more fully is uh, the victim may not, in fact, be the homeowner. In fact, it's often the insurance company Yes. Unless, of course, there is, in fact, damage. Right. But, but you know, the, the idea, the, the pitch that they're selling, and sometimes it's accurate, is that, look, let me look up there. If you have some damage, I can get you a free roof. And sometimes there's some imagination involved in terms of what's damage, or was this recent or was this from long ago? And so the tug of war, and if we want to use the word exploitation, sometimes it's the insurance company that's getting hit and not so much the homeowner. And so sometimes homeowners are kind of passive or maybe not so passive participants in that 
in that whole transaction. So I think I think homeowners need to realize that to the extent that 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 it's a a ruse to get money that it ultimately everybody pays for that. It results in higher rates for right. everybody. So uh, really, the bottom line is we want our insurance coverage to cover the things that it's supposed to cover, but but we shouldn't participate with some of these contractors in trying to um, get coverage for things that aren't legitimately covered. Right. Yeah. And what happens there, Joe, is you make a great point that a lot of times what the – what the contractor is going to ask that person to do is sign over that, that insurance check. They'll just say, Oh, Hey, when, whatever your insurance company gets that money, uh, just sign that check over to me. They take the check and they run. Then uh, all of a sudden, if that, uh, if there is indeed storm of damage there, uh, you know, that, that person is, you know, they're kind of out of luck because the insurance company's already made that payment. So again, when you're doing things with a company, the, the rule of thirds is always a great thing to, to follow. And the rule of thirds is you pay a third when you sign a contract, you pay a third of the money when you, uh, they actually start work. And then you pay that final third only once you've gone, you know, you've gone over uh, the final work with that company. Now that's going to be difficult with a roof, obviously, but you know, a lot of other things you can you can actually inspect. Yeah, and l- let let me explain that a little further because I'm afraid that that we may have lost some people. Often, often the the arrangement is that the insurance company, when you have insurance on your property, you may think, well, they they're obligated to pay a third party for the improvement, but that's technically not true. Your coverage says that if you've had a loss in value of your real estate and damage to a roof, for example, so let's mm-hmm. say your house is worth three hundred thousand dollars, and now because of this roof, it's it's reduced the value by twenty thousand dollars. So they fulfill their obligation. You'll get a check for twenty thousand dollars. And and sometimes people don't, in fact, improve their roof. Some people just, you know, decide to go spend the money. I think that's a bad idea. But still, yeah. it's your right legally because, right. you know, it's not fraud. It, you, were in, you did have a loss of value in this example. So you get the money and you decide what to do with it. And, and so for our listeners' benefit, what Don's explaining is that, that sometimes the roofer will say to you, now, when you get that check, you need to sign it over to me. And often a homeowner will think that they're obligated legally mm-hmm. to give that money to somebody to fix the roof. Um, while it may be a good idea to have the roof fixed, um, they don't have a duty to do that. And furthermore, as you point out, Don, to simply sign the check over is, is almost always a mistake. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one other thing is, I would push back as a lawyer advising a client. I would be a little more aggressive than you described, Don. I know what you said is a general rule, so I, I don't mm-hmm. want to, to sure. challenge that. But, but you know, you do have what's called mechanic liens regarding improvements to a house. So one can argue to a contractor that, that, that look, yeah, we know you need money to buy supplies and materials, and, and that's, that's fair. Uh, but, but the idea that you normally pay as much as you typically would in a contract um, is – one could argue unnecessary because they're protected by laws that say you have a mechanics lien, meaning they can file a lien on that property and you can't engage in any transactions relating to your property. So the law does protect people who come and do things on your real estate, and that's called a mechanics lien. Uh, but it, there there are legitimate arguments against that, and that's the reason what Don mentioned is commonly demanded because, you know, people may say, well, yeah, I can get a mechanics lien on your house, but that may still have me getting paid far into the future, even though I, I'm, I'm guaranteed in a sense of someday getting it, I need it this year, yeah. <laughs> for example, yeah. not five years from now. Yeah. So. 
what Don says is, yeah, it's reasonable to ask for money up front. Be prepared to do that, but never sign over that check. They uh-uh. don't. You don't owe the check to anybody, quite frankly, unless you hire them to do that work. Deposited yep. in the bank, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, Don, give us, paint a picture. Um, give us a, a real-life case of a senior citizen you know, after a storm that's been contacted by one of these bad actors, whether it be a roofer or someone to remove a tree that fell after a storm. Well, How does yeah. this typically play out? Yeah, trees, that's that, that's a great point. And, and you know, you, you really see, we see a lot, especially with seniors, they'll, they'll find the, the older houses in the older neighborhoods and they'll, and they'll think that, they, you know, I don't know if they can tell them by, you know, what you've got on your front door stoop or not, but, you know, they, they have a good way of finding senior citizens. And, uh, you know, you have a, you have an incident where you need a tree trimmed or something or a tree falls in your yard and they'll see that. And those, 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 uh, uh, tree trimming services are uh, even a little bit more nomadic than what those uh, storm chasers are. They're all over the place. They, uh, uh, they will come and they'll say, Oh, Jill, you know, you've got a, you've got a problem with your, uh, your, your tree there. And, you know, we've heard from seniors, uh, who've lost four or $5,000, um, to, to these tree trimmers. Uh, they'll come after a storm. They'll give them a, uh, they'll give them a, uh, um, kind of a song and dance saying, Oh, you know what? It sounds like looks really looks like you need help. You're a senior citizen. We want to help you. Uh, and they will either do no work or they'll do some work. They'll, they'll cut the tree down. We, I, I heard from a, a senior not too long ago is over in the Springfield, Missouri area, which is also part of our, our coverage area for St. Louis's BBB. And it was after a storm. Uh, they, they paid this company about $2,500 to deal with some trees. Well, they got about, well, maybe about a third of the, the work done. One of the trees they did cut down, they cut down, but they left it in the person's yard covering the, the sidewalk and everything. And it, it, it did damage to their, to their whole, um, oh, their yard. No. Not, yes. Their landscaping, uh, their landscaping, everything. It just fell over. And then they took the money and they didn't, they never came back. They had another tree or two. They had they were supposed to cut down. So then this person has this tree in their yard. They had to hire another company to come get it and to cut it down and do everything. So again, um, you know, that, that person said that they, uh, you know, they, they fell victim to kind of, uh, an emotional plea made by the company saying, Hey, we want to help you. Uh, they purported they were doing it at a discount for them. They were doing them a really good deal. Um, again, if you're going to have, I know it's difficult and, and especially in the time of a storm to get two or three estimates, but if this is just regular work, you know, always try to get multiple estimates on a job. So that way you're not just taking the first person that comes along. I have to ask, did that person recoup their money? Did they find the bad no. guys? Well, I mean, no, yeah. they were in the wind. And, and realistically right now, we've gone through what I can say, I can say in my lifetime, I've never known such a shortage of hiring people to come and work on your house. And of course, mm-hmm. we can say a shortage in virtually every profession right now. I mean, this is, maybe we go back to the 70s, it might have been similar for a while, but I don't think so. I was very young then. Of course, you weren't born yet, Jill, but I, you have to take my word for this. I was a very little girl. So, I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is, you have to take what you can get. So, so when people ask contractors to come, they don't show up. Or they they give you a completion date and they're off and I, you could you might hear in my voice the voice of experience on this topic because right now I've been dealing with that where I'm having work done on our house and they're about six months off schedule. Right. I mean it's it's so frustrating and 
And I think that uh, in terms of people who are likely to take advantage and not show up and kind of leave homeowners in the lurch, there's something about that that field. And I'm not picking on on contractors, but I'll tell you that that more than most professions in my judgment, you have a lot of people who you cannot count on to do the quality of work you you normally would uh, or to even show up on time and et cetera. Not that there aren't people in the profession who can do it correctly. That's not my complaint. There are ethical people in the sure, profession. Sure, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the bottom line is you can't get them, so you settle. And you must have a lot of people who have communicated with the Better Business Bureau because they settled for somebody who showed up, whether they just knocked at their door or they saw an ad, they phoned these people, they knew nothing about it. They just saw a little two-by-two mm-hmm. two ad in a, in a neighborhood newspaper. The one thing we hear, Joe, all the time is that, gosh, I wish I would have checked with the BBB first, because if they would have checked with the BBB first, they would have seen the track record that some of these businesses have. Uh, they take the, you know, um, they they take the word of a friend or again, that's sometimes what these contractors do. They'll say, oh, I'm working on your I'm working for your neighbor down the street. Right. Um, and then they'll say, oh, can I do work on your property too, you know, like these tree trimmers are are ones that that, that use that all the time. So, oh, really, you're working for my neighbor. What's his or her name? What's their address? I'd like to go talk to them to see what their experience is with you. Oftentimes, we don't take that extra step. And and maybe older Americans see that as a, as a, oh my gosh, I don't want to inconvenience my neighbor. If this guy says he's working for my neighbor, well, gosh, I'm just going to trust him because he looks trustable. Um, And again, use that defensive mindset. Yes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's no one else. So, um, you know, always be a little wary and, uh, you know, contracts, uh, Joe, I know you deal with contracts all the time and and, and what you do, but, uh, uh, you know, try to, you know, try to make sure you get a contract in in place before any work starts, because if there's not, uh, and then, you know, if you all of a sudden this person shows up your, your doorstep, you say you agreed to get them $2,000 to get these trees out of the yard and they don't do anything. Uh, then you're just in a mess without any kind of contract at all. Don, are you familiar with that website, um, Nextdoor? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Next to every neighborhood has that. And it's it's really a great site. Neighbors mm-hmm. will get on there and say, hey, can you recommend, you know, a good tree trimmer or someone to build a deck or really? whatever? Yeah, it's yep. called Next Door. Next Door. Yep. Every community has it and you sign up for it, whatever neighborhood you're in um, or parents looking for a baby community. Yeah. Yeah. It's a community type thing. And, you know, and I have actually found repair people on that Mm -hmm. site, you know, for minor things and, and, you know, and the neighbors, there would be like several neighbors recommending this particular Mm -hmm. person. But I do remember somebody on there and this was in my neck of the woods. In fact, we called this guy to get an estimate and there was something about him that seemed shady, and I was so glad that we did not use him because later on, in fact, it was the senior citizen that hired him to do some work, and he didn't finish the job. So she posted his picture all over the place, and I said to my husband, oh, my goodness, that's that guy. That's that guy. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. So, and what what if something like next door, you know, that's almost like a, a different version of that uh 
you know, Facebook community group, you know, you might have, uh, you know, for those buy, sell trade groups, you also, every town also has their other, Hey, this is what's happening in whatever the name of the town might be or something along those lines. So, uh, that's a great place to share information. Uh, but again, make sure that you are actually getting it from the source rather than, uh, somebody who might be, uh, uh, purporting to be from that area saying, Oh yeah, great. Joe blow did a great, did, did a great job with, uh, you know, constructing my house. And then that just can, can lead people to, you know, make sure that you actually go and, and see things. If you, if you get a recommendation from someone say, Hey, can I come over and see what he did to your bathroom, what he did to your fence or whatever it might be. So that way you can kind of inspect that. Uh, you can inspect that work, see how good it is. Now, have you had complaints from people that found a bad actor through that website? No, I mean, not necessarily. Um, you know, we don't, uh, uh, a lot of the times, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear people that, uh, will go online and get online recommendations. And again, the one thing about online recommendations you need to realize is that, um, uh, let's say I'm just Google for whatever Google is an example. A lot of people go to Google for reviews. They are not vetted. They, they anybody can put any, any, you know, for, for Joe's law firm, if they want to put up some uh, you know, maybe they don't, I love Joe's jacket today, but let's say I don't like Joe's jacket and they can go on there and said, Oh, that Joe Cordell, I can't, you know, I would never hire him just because they don't like his jacket. Um, now they might not say anything about that, but about his jacket, but they, maybe they just rub him the wrong way somehow, you know, BBB, everything you see on BBB are our customer reviews, obviously our complaints. Uh, if you were to do a customer review to BBB, uh, we vet that out. We, uh, we've, we verify them. All, all those are verified. Uh, Facebook's the same way. A Facebook review, uh, those can be doctors as well. The, you know, if I, I start my own Facebook page, my business, I could get five of my buddies to go on there and say, hey, write some good things about me. How about I did a great, great job at your house? So that's what we hear from people. They go to some, some websites that, that may not have verified reviews and they say, oh, I, I hired him or her on the basis of that. So always remember, um, when, when I was, I'm a journalist by trade. So one of the first things that they uh, taught me was remember, always consider the source, consider, the source, of the, uh, consider the source of where you're getting your information before you decide whether it's law or not. Yeah. Yeah. And reviews have been that famously, uh, subject to manipulation and mm -hmm. Yelp really tried to deal with that. Yelp, Yelp's existence hinges on their ability to have legitimate yep. reviews. Right. And if they don't, then Yelp has lost all utility. So, Correct. so they, they, I was impressed that um, they're in response to a backlash about reviews that was occurring in a lot of places. Um, they demonstrated in my mind that they do take a special effort. But without that, reviews are just a scam. Yeah. It's a total scam. Anybody who has a business can get a bunch of people to give reviews. You, right. you can. And there are people that actually sit there at their home and, and they and people will get paid to do reviews. I found I found people who uh, who may, you know, they may live overseas, but they're giving reviews about a diner or you know, some kind of restaurant in Milwaukee. Uh, a contractor in Dallas, Texas, and, uh, you know, whatever it might be in California. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, and it's, 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 as Joe said, it's very, they're very easily manipulated. Uh, can you talk, I want to have you talk, if you can, about, um, it's a complicated subject, about people who um, go online, as older people do now, and mm -hmm. again, I'm stereotyping, but for the most part, older people are not quite as facile online in the digital world as their 30-year-old, as my daughters. Okay, sure. I'm a good example of being not as facile uh, in the digital world as my daughters. Uh, but 
there's so much so much skullduggery in terms of people who get into old other people's computers they'll send them an email and once they've opened that email they unleash some sort of virus or yeah. spyware and suddenly they have access to move freely in that person's computer and to me that that is scary i think of my mother who's 86 years mm-hmm. old and who's on the internet all the time now she's fairly sharp but is she sharp enough to see the things that my daughters would pick up on no she's not and and can you make any comments on how can people feel more secure being online as an older person. Yeah, the one the, the the best thing you can do if you're I mean old I mean if you're 18 or 80 what Joe 84 whatever how old your mother is uh 18 or 80 whatever it might 86. be 86. 86. Okay. Uh, God bless her. I hope to make it there one day. Um you can again never, you know, don't don't click on any links whether it's in an email, whether it's in a a text message. Don't ever drive your car so to say, without knowing where you're going to. Um, so what happens there, and we've, we hear it again, and again, yes, a lot from seniors, uh, they'll be working on their computer and all of a sudden something will pop up and there might be a high-pitched sound saying, oh, this is Microsoft support. You need to call us at 1-800-so-and-so. Right. Um, and then that, so because, um, you know, we've gotten a lot of good uh, education about this. So this doesn't happen as much now as it did maybe five or 10 years ago. Uh, but it still happens. It's still people still pray victim to this. They'll call the number and they'll say, "Oh, oh, I'm got this number," uh, and then they'll, you know, they're knowingly calling a call center, more likely overseas and, and probably probably in India, uh, saying that uh, you know they need to have things done to their computer. Um, we had a, a, a woman who's a senior citizen who owns a business up in Quincy, Illinois, which is about two hours north of us here, um, and that's part of our service area in BBB. Who who's, who was had one of these pop up on her business computer, and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you're gonna give. They're gonna give her the latest um, software to help her, um, you know, help keep her safe, supposedly from whatever pitfalls there might be out there. Uh, you know, spyware. You know, they're gonna put up a quote unquote firewall for her. They didn't do anything for her. They just took her money every two years. They, every two years, they it's this happened like nine or ten years long. She said, "What? She'd give them two thousand dollars every two years." For, for quote unquote tech support. And they'd come back two years later, ask her again, come back two years later, ask her again. It's finally after about four or five times, and again, we're eight, 10 years into this. She says to me, she says, look, I finally figured something was fishy because uh, she actually took her computer to a trusted uh, computer place in Quincy. And they said, look, uh, she asked him about this firewall protection she had from this business. And the computer guy's like, look, there's nothing on your computer that's uh, that's other than what's on the, the factory updates. The factory, so, yeah. Correct. So, you know, uh, you know, there's a woman who, a business owner, very sharp, uh, but again, trusted these people and trusted this screen thing that popped up on her screen and lost about $10,000 over a 10-year frame. So, um, um. Yeah, so they they bleed you. They 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 they, they just kind of nickel and dime you. Uh, that's why people think uh, you know scam victims. Uh, they can lose a lot of money, but it's hardly ever in one fail swoop. It's always they're just going to kind of cut cut you every now and then, just get enough out of you uh, to that way make sure they can come back to you. So uh, if you do talking about this computer instance, if you get a phone number, actually. Um, you know, try to make sure it's a legitimate number before you call anything. Um, you know, just because they have that number there, believe it or not, 
sometimes the scammers will uh, buy targeted ads on Google because they know that people are going to go to Google a number. Uh, if they have a fake number, they might buy some targeted Google ads to say, oh, this is a computer, uh, some kind of computer service company or computer tech company that uh, has some type of affiliation with Microsoft. And of course, they have nothing to do with Microsoft or Apple. You may, you know, you name it. Um, and uh, again, they'll try to get people to fall into those traps. Hmm. Yeah, and once the money's gone in that world, it's, gone. Um, it's somewhere in Eastern Europe or, I mean, mm-hmm. it's there's nobody to arrest. Yeah. Because she was she was paying with wire transfers and they were going bank to bank. Um, and the, the bank, obviously, on the other end was nowhere around here. So, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, the, yeah, the money's gone. So, again, uh, if, if I could have uh, any rules to live by, uh, and I've been doing this investigating thing with the BBB now for five years plus, um, it would be a don't ever click on any links and B never pay in a gift card and let, you know, Joe, you and Jill know each other, give each other a gift card when it comes to Christmas time. But, uh, you know, never give a gift card to somebody who you don't, who you do not know, especially when they're asking you to pay some type of, uh, some kind of debt. That's always a, that's always right. Yeah. yeah. That's a red flag there. Yep. Don, a lot of people move, as you know, during the warm weather months. Yep. Um, and, and of course, senior citizens, we know end up downsizing, going into a retirement facility, um, a condo, whatever. So I'm sure a lot of seniors are targeted during this time of the year with moving companies. They are. This May is National Moving Month. Uh, This is the time of year between May and August. Uh, We at BBB get more than half of our uh, inquiries about moving companies during this time frame, during the summer months, if you will. Um, And uh, if you're going to move, if you've... uh, you know, you've lived in St. Louis for, you know, you've lived in your house for 30 years. And you're looking to move. Uh, maybe you're moving somewhere where your children are now and you're doing. We see it a lot more, Joe, on long distance moves. You know, if you're moving and not, that's not to say that there aren't um, uh, bad, you know, your, your local moves. More often than not, we just hear about people whose, da- whose goods get damaged in the process. When you make those long distance moves. Uh, that's when people need to be really careful. You always need to be careful because they've got your life's worth of goods uh, on their truck. But that's when we hear about uh, people who really get scammed. And the, the number one thing, a uh, red flag there, uh, if you're going to use a moving company, uh, they're going to want to give you an estimate of how much it's going to cost. Uh, a good moving company, moving companies that are accredited by the Better Business Bureau uh, across the board, they will come to your house and say, okay, let's look at all the stuff you have and they'll make an inventory. They'll actually do an on-site inventory. If that business will not come to an on-site inventory and wants to do everything remotely or over the phone, um, you know, they, they were able to use yeah. COVID as an excuse for a while, but that, that that's not really the that's deal. That's a red I, flag. Yes. I moved once during COVID and, you know, I made sure we had somebody come to our house, even during COVID, that we, there were protocols put in place. But you're exactly right, Joe. It is a red flag because what happens is you give them everything in your house. You could be right down to the last, you know, paperclip that you have to tell them that we've got. But the unscrupulous ones are going to say, oh, well, guess what, Jill? You have more than we, we, we you told us, and you're going to have to pay us, you know, a couple extra thousand dollars more on the day of the move. So you're in a you're in a bad spot at that point because you need to be out of that residence because either your your lease is up or you've sold that sold residence it. and yeah you yeah. need to be and, out. And so, a more general comment about about what you're saying is that mm-hmm. an estimate is not a contract price. 
Correct. So a lot of people think that if they have an estimate that what the other side of the table has done is they've agreed to deliver that service or product for that price. No, that's the reason it's an estimate. So mm-hmm. there's lots of room in the word estimate for variation and sometimes wild variation. Mm-hmm. So what you and want I- is is a bid. A bid is, if, as if it's properly constructed, a bid's going to tell you exactly how much this is going to cost. Now, it might give two or three numbers based on very specific things. That's okay, too, um, Mm -hmm. because it's still specific. But unless you – moving companies are the worst because you get in a position where there are these big burly guys in your house. This is the way it goes down. These big burly guys are in your house. It's probably 7 o'clock in the evening in the new house. And so they've been working all day. They've unloaded. And a guy at the very end, they're putting their stuff in the truck. And a guy very end comes up to you with a pad or with a piece of paper. And he says, look, this is the number. And, you know, it's you feel like you're not in a position to argue. So mm-hmm. if it's, look, you know, we had this, this additional time we put in, we didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. Or moving that antique furniture ended up taking us three times as long. Uh, I've seen this happen. I don't know. I don't think it was fraud in our case. This has been a number of years ago. Uh, but the guy thought that because they ended up spending a lot more time that that here he is. I'm gone to California that day, literally. I was in California. My wife was doing the move. You can tell how good a husband I am. <laughs> so I get I get out of town. I get out of town. The move's going on. And so so this guy comes upstairs to her at the end and says, uh, look, you know, it's additional. I don't remember the exact number. It's at least $1,500. Right. And, and, you know, she felt like she wasn't in a position to say no. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that he threatened her. He didn't. But she just felt uncomfortable. And she, I don't know what. I don't remember how we worked it out. I remember it was a dispute. I think she paid him part of it, and then we negotiated the rest. But, but the bottom line is you don't feel like you have any control. Correct. And my wife's a lawyer, <laughs> and she still felt that she had to to concede something. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not a good situation to be in. I'm glad you brought that example up because uh, mm-hmm. I do think that that people don't realize um, how vulnerable they are with movers, long distance movers. Any other comments on that? I interrupted you. Yeah. No. The, the one thing I was going to say is that uh, you know when you do make that call, that initial call to a mover, and they want to do that phone. Um, estimate for you um make a lot of times that is done by what's called a moving broker it's not the people who actually move you they will then take that and they'll give it to another company say hey we've got this uh jill wants to move uh we gave her this estimate here you take it from there Uh, and then the consumer is then confused on who are they dealing with are they dealing with the people they initially dealt they initially called or they now have this moving company over here that's actually doing the actual move. Um, we see a lot of fraud in that. So really, I guess to, to, to case to the bottom line, I'm going to sound like a real company guy here, but if you go with, if you look at the BBB.org website and you find an accredited, a mover that's accredited with us, we've done all the background work and in, in checking those out. And then, uh, you know, you can have kind of a peace of mind knowing that if something does go wrong, you have an outlet in the BBB to go to. Um, These moving companies, these moving um, scams that we see, it's so tough because, okay, if you move from, um, let's say you're moving from St. Louis to Ohio and you have somebody that you you, you have a problem with your move, well, who do you go to? Do you go to the authorities in St. Louis? Do you go to the authorities in Ohio? Uh, You know, it's a state, it's an interstate transfer of, of goods. 
you don't know who has jurisdiction there. So if you go with a company that has a good track record and is accredited by us, if something does go wrong, at least you can come to BBB and say, hey, something happened with me and this company. Uh, and that and that company, because they're accredited with us, they have to make a good faith effort to resolve that dispute. Now, that doesn't mean that whatever Jill says is right in that dispute. That just means they have to come to some kind of common ground or else they could lose that accreditation. So, uh, you know, and there's, you know, you know, the U.S. Motor Transport uh, Authority, you know, they have a lot of different other things they deal with. The U.S. DOT, the Department of Transportation, so I meant to say, um, they're the ones that kind of oversee the moving industry a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's really hard for them to deal with complaints. And, and then you have, you know, another agency we should mention is the each state has its own attorney general's office sure. that has a division focusing on yep. consumer fraud in that state. So yep. you'll find some some listings if you go to the website of companies that are forbidden or are not authorized uh, or are authorized in the state. Some states require that authorization before you do business. And if there isn't a company mm -hmm. there, they can't do that. Insurance companies are an example, banking and other things. I don't know yep. if moving companies fall in line, but certainly that's a place to report anything that wasn't proper. One other thing I would mention uh, from a lawyer's perspective, whenever somebody signs that contract, if they're going to be in the new state, they want to be sure that if there's language in that contract that's put under their nose that they initially sign, if there's language about jurisdiction or venue, it, those typically what the paragraph will be called, that will often, if it's if it's a very seller-oriented or a vendor-oriented contract, then it's going to require that you bring any legal action in their home court, which puts you at a disadvantage. Sometimes the companies will be based in in a third location, which could mm -hmm. be Georgia, for example, Atlanta, right. Georgia. So you could end up having to to bring an action for any complaint you had. If they damaged your furniture, et cetera, you have to bring an action in the place that their contract says you can bring it. And sometimes the contract will say things like it will not allow uh, a lawsuit with a court. Instead, you have to do binding arbitration with their professional association, whatever that mm -hmm. is. So that, that means that they don't have much cost if you bring an action. So, and and it'll often have a provision that the loser does not pay attorney fees. They cannot be ordered. To, nobody right. pays anybody's attorney fees. All these provisions are often in 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 the fine print or toward the conclusion of a contract. And while there's a tendency to blow past those, but as to everything we've talked about today, uh, moving, uh, whether it's these contractors and subcontractors that come to your property, in all those cases, that contract that's given to you, you know, that's in a, what's lawyers call an adhesion contract. It's not individually negotiated. It's something that's really imposed on you. And so you, I know you, our people watching us today are not lawyers, but but even if you're not a lawyer, and even if you're not going to take it to a lawyer, and I realize it's not practical to have everything you do at your house, you take it to a lawyer. I understand mm -hmm. that. But I also know that many of you can go to those pages and understand that language, understand it enough to where if there is a red flag, you get it. I mean, at least alarm will go off in your head and say, whoa, this is talking about jurisdiction, and there's mention of Georgia here. Or, or saying yeah. that any dispute has to be resolved by binding arbitration with their professional body governing their organization. So, you know, you're required to essentially go to, to their friendly forum to discover it. Yes. And you've waived. You've waived your opportunity to go to a court of law and get right. a solution. So 
be careful and look for that language on these contracts. And and again, it's enough for you to see those red flag, those phrases, most of which, several of which I've mentioned just now. And and once you see that, pause, hit the pause button. Don't sign it until you do. I hate to tell you this. Go go to a lawyer and let them <laughs> sign off yeah. on it. Yep. You know, it shouldn't be very expensive to do that. I mean, a lawyer can look at something like that and take the red pen and go through it in, in, in 30 minutes, really. I could. Yep. And Don, you know, senior citizens have accumulated a lot of stuff over the years, antiques, all kinds of valuables, jewelry. Have you ever had any cases, especially with a long distance move, where the movers, you know, will target those people and, and steal those goods and... Stuff disappear, stuff, right? Yeah, d- disappear. Well, we didn't pick up anything like that, no. Stuff disappears, and also stuff sometimes doesn't even get delivered on the backside of things uh, for those really bad movers. Is that, you know, they, they'll keep your goods hostage. We hear horror stories about that a lot, where where, where people will, uh, you know, when, when you do some of these, again, if you deal with, um, I'm going to, if you deal with a good mover, you don't really have to worry about that. But these bad movers, and I'm using air quotes, um, they will keep your, they'll say, okay, well, we got your stuff, Jill, and we'll have it to you sometime within the next 24 to 28 days. Or they might have a window where they'll deliver because they want to make sure that, uh, you know, if your stuff doesn't fill up a truck, they may take two 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 moves together in the same area. So that way they can try to save money on 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 the actual shipping portion of the thing really uh, and then you yes and they just never get stuff oh yeah people and then they'll say in order to get your stuff you have to pay us x number of thousands of dollars over uh the bid so yeah it's 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 really you know if if you're going to do a move i know we always like to save money on things but uh you know that's not the time to cut corners you know yeah. you, you got absolutely you have, not you have you have to find someone especially you know your senior citizen especially for your seniors out there who again have this this great amount of goods and things that are sentimental to you, you want to make sure those sentimental items that have no cost to anybody else but yourself get to you from point A to point B. Yeah, and and the very expensive individual things you don't have to turn over to them. You can handle that yourself. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's small enough. Right. But, but the but I would also advocate and we've done this where you take pictures of like a set of dishes and it's easy to see that there are no cracks and that the mm-hmm. handles are not broken off on inventory the, everything documenting yeah. it that's and a pictures, good idea you now that now you can do pictures in a way you never could before right yep yep and and the good and the good moving companies are going to do that inventory with you they'll do it right alongside you they'll say take all the photos you want it's those ones that are like, hey, what are you doing? You know, why, why are you taking photos of things? Um, you know, those are the ones that, 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 you know, that might be a red flag. So, yeah, moving. This is the time of year that people do that a lot. And, uh, you know, it can be very hectic. There's nothing, you know, there's maybe changing jobs might be a little bit more stressful, but that usually might come with a, with a move as well. So right. moving can be very stressful, especially, uh, you know, if you've, uh, you know, if you're a senior citizen, you've lived in a place for 45 years, your kids have all moved out, you want to go somewhere downsize smaller. You've probably just gotten rid of a lot of things, and you want to make sure the stuff that you still have uh, gets from point A to point B safely. Well, um, time flies when we have you on, Don. Uh, we could just talk for hours, couldn't we? We yes, could. We could, because there's uh, there's so much uh, mischief out there. A lot of yeah. mischief. In any case, um, I know why this these conversations are of interest to our viewers, because there, there, there are so many people who feel vulnerable 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know this has been helpful. We need to do this again. Time flies. We're at, what, 50? Justin, we're at 51 minutes. See, we had set this for 45 minutes. So you always do this to us, Don. But, <laughs> but it's a good thing. I'm, I'm, I'm talkative, Joe. I it, can't help it. It's a good thing. We like that about you. So, um, yes. So anyway, we will have you on again. There'll be further conversations about how to make your life better and safer as you age. This has been another episode of Life's Third Act. Till next time, take care. You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week, we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.